Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. special show today a little break from the format that we usually do um this is an idea that i had actually a couple of months ago and we just took a little bit of coordination and time to execute it in the way that i wanted to what's up everybody my name is nate leblanc i'm the host of dad bod rap pod um representing here for my co-host david ma and damone carter this week we have a special crossover episode. We are um, playing kind of a hot take game. I call it the takeoff. Um, it's kind of a ESPN around the horn style hip hop opinion piece that we did in crossover with Call Out Culture, um, which is hosted by our buddy Zilla Raka, who's been on the show before, an MC producer, label owner, um, hip hop commentator, great Twitter follow. Uh, Curly Castro, who's been on the podcast a couple of times, um, has got a good record out right now with Premrock called Shrapnel, also a hip-hop commentator in his own right. And then Alaska, who we've never had on the show before, but we will have on in a solo capacity sometime in the future. And we, um, he was in Hangar 18 and The Adams Family and um, is an MC himself. As well as a hip-hop commentator, as I keep saying. So um, we just wanted to, everybody, pick a take, a prompt, um, something to say, and then everybody else just responds to it. It's a quick hit. Generally speaking, the order of speakers is Curly Castro, then Alaska, then Zilla Raka, then David Ma, then Damone Carter, then me. Yes, I put this all together. Yes, I gave myself the last word. The beats you're hearing are from Zilla Raka. Uh, from his Bandcamp only release, Don't Drop a Beat Tape Zilla.
My take is this. There are only two ever perfect hip-hop records. And those records are Midnight Marauders by A Tribe Called Quest and Breaking Adams by Main Source. Hell no. Like Alaska lives inside of a box inside of a hole sometimes, man. No, I mean, those are great records. But hell no. What the hell are you talking about? Like, I'm not even, I, I got to dignify that? Main Source? Main Source? I mean, main Source got one and a half good MCs in there. Next, what's next, man? Hmm. He doesn't count. 36 Chambers is perfect. That's flabbergasting. He doesn't think that's a perfect record. What would be the flaw in 36 Chambers? Right. Like, what's the worst point. song? What would it be? Yeah, maybe too <sighs> many skits I could go if I were in a but contrarian they're, But they're mood. all amazingly iconic. Every skit is iconic. Totally. Ah, uh, man. He's, I mean... He's, he's a nihilist with rap, so <laughs> I'm not shocked he would say that. I mean, he feels that, but... Kind of an interesting choice with the main source, too. I don't think a lot of people would consider wow. that perfect. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Even He doesn't even think Supreme Clientele is perfect. That's, a That's his number. Jo- wow. Yeah. I mean, my only knock on Supreme is, like we talk on our show, I just don't, I don't think Shay Shay like goes fits in the track listing where it is. Right. And he thinks he thinks we made it's corny. That's probably his knock on it. Is we we made it's corny. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, we Which made is, it is like, the, like such an inside joke for me and my friends. Like I can't imagine the the record without it. Uh, uh, but I hear uh, you. Damn. All right, with that. Wow. Um, I think those are both brilliant albums, but that's not even Tribe's best album. Um. Main source is again brilliant. I think it gets better and better each time. But um, and I think maybe a case could be made made for that, but um, it's not personally on my list either. So both of those, I think those are kind of. Uh, I think um, breaking Adams is kind of a good call. I'm kind of dumbfounded by the tribe uh, take. Do you think do you, when you think of perfect album in hip hop, what do you think of? Oh man, I I, I gotta uh, I don't know. Give me a second to think about that, man. Um, perfect album in hip hop to me. There, I mean, God, dude, there's so many. Um, Thirty six chambers, Illmatic. I mean, all yeah. of the, the Thirty six chambers of... has come up before. I was waiting for someone to say Illmatic because the best way to have a perfect album is to have a short album. Exactly, exactly. No filler, you know. Yeah. Um, I, and on like a personal tip, like a personal favorite album, you know, would be like operation doomsday or something but i i know that it's far i can't say no filler there right exactly if you love the filler like the like on 36 chambers the skits became part of popular culture exactly exactly so it's kind of hard to say so i mean perfect i mean i also think liquid swords is a perfect album right now that's a really good one um that is a very interesting and reductive take on a very broad genre but i understand where it comes from I feel like I don't even think Midnight would be my favorite uh, Tribe Called Quest album. And it's hard for me to look at Main Source Breaking Adams as a perfect album. Um, but, you know, I see why some folks could. I'll always say this forever and ever and ever. Um, I don't think that there's anything as such as a perfect album because the genre is still growing and evolving. And what was perfect. Uh, at one time 
20 years hence could look not so perfect. And that to me is the best part of this whole shit. Also, that's a really East Coast backpack bias type of take. Um, are both of those albums better than Ice Cube's death certificate? I don't think so, but you know, that's fine. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really not into goats or absolutism when it comes to the perfection of albums or the godliness of artists. Um, I love the Midnight Marauders inclusion. That's my favorite record of all time. The music, the album that taught me how to love music and really like the reason I'm here talking to anyone about hip hop today. Um, mm. Tough. That, perfect is tough and perfect is really subjective. Um, I don't even know that I would consider main source breaking Adams a perfect record. It's a great record. Um, I, if I recall, it might have a skip or two, but it, to be honest, it's been a minute since I listened to it, but it's, it's like a top tier kind of record. Um, I might go so far as to say that Souls of Mischief 93 till Infinity is a perfect record. Um, mm. I think at a certain point in my life, I might have considered The Chronic to be a perfect record. Um, it's so interesting what the shifting definition of perfect is as you age. And it's basically like albums with skits don't age well. But the 36 mm. Chambers album contradicts that because its skits are classics. Um, Dave said Liquid Swords is perfect to him, and like I know that's his favorite record, so of course it is. Um, Illmatic is the probably the closest thing hip-hop has to a perfect record because it's short, it has great lyrics, it has great beats, and what skit kind of things it does have are really short and fit within the flow of the album. Mm. Um, and it, honestly, I would say Idan, Beauty and the Beat, would be a perfect record if he did not use oh the F-word on it. And, like, the whole, like, shifting Ooh. definition of wokeness and, like, sure. what I need from a record. Like, I think you brought up earlier, and I have, I'm have i the only person with the ability to have listened to everyone's takes, so mine are going to be a little different. Um, you said death certificate. There's probably some stuff that we would not consider politically correct on there right now. So is it perfect? All kinds. Was it perfect the yeah. day it dropped? Is it perfect now? Perfect is tough. Um, so while I don't agree with this take, I respect it. Twitter, I got into this on Twitter with Castro yesterday. Um, I can see liking it a lot. I can't see claiming it's his best record. I think it has some of his best songs on it. Yeah, I could but as an overall record, overall record is not that good of a record. There's a whole lot of filler and boring parts in there. A lot of doom mailing it in. It's like it's cool, but it's not. 
anything near his best album. But my best album take on Doom is a controversial one too because I think mm, Food is his best record. Oh, interesting. So my, my yeah, so thing with that is like he's obviously on fire at that point and still having fun yeah. with music, and we love the Count Bass D element, mm-hmm. but that whole sample collage in the middle is a skip for yeah. 20 years later that's a, or wherever we are. That's a bit rough, right? Yeah. Pretty much second listen, it became a skip. <laughs> um, As with any skit, essentially, right? And it's like, that's, that's yeah, a maxi much. skit. <laughs> yeah, you, you, know what I, you know what I liked about it? I mean, outside of Mad Villain, which I see where people like that one, that was an album that, until recently, I didn't, I mean, I always dug it, but there was something about it that didn't hit me right. Yeah. And then recently it started hitting me right. It was like one of those albums, like same thing with like Freestyle Fellowships, Inner City Griots. Right. Like 20 years later, that album, like I was like, wow, that album's amazing. Yes. But um, And isn't it nice so, we can do that now? Like all our past it is, yeah. are able to be put away and it's almost like you kind of saved things for yourself. It, it is. It really is. I'm more mad villain than anything would do it. More than K- like Prem Rock's a KMD guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm a mad villain guy. I I own Victor Vaughn and all that. I own I own the mouse and the mask. I got that shit. I got all that stuff. But <sighs> I can't. Doom's see Doom's. The, I didn't catch that till way after the fact. Okay. So I didn't have like that moment. Like I knew the songs individually. Right. But I never I never looked at it as like that's my go to Doom. Like my go to is Mad Villain. Like sure. full stop. Sure. But again, that's like a, a Mad Lib record with with Doom. Uh, I guess I guess MM Food. It would probably be MM Food. I can't. I, I he's been saying this boring like this shit for ten years. So this is <laughs> this is not this is not like a shocker to hear this. Yeah. But I I think. There's, but there's like weird, there's like weird posse cuts on Born Like This uh-huh. that are like, but there's like really genius stuff that really just doesn't get talked about. Great songs, I, I think. It's yeah, they're really, a it's a gazillionaire. It's not, it's the not Jake the best stuff. record to me, but yeah, and there's that yeah. whole track with where Slug is on a slow vocoder that has just baffled me from first listen. Till yeah, now, that's like, and I'm like, what the hell is this? The only knock on MM Food is like a third of the album is skits, literally. Totally, and they're all one third together. Of the which yeah. makes it impossible to surf through. You just have to skip it. Yeah. Uh, I would just slightly go MM Food. All right. But I but I respect it. Again, right these on. these are original thoughts. Wow. Well, I think um, you know, I think that's that's something that isn't that hot of a take for me because I kind of agree. I think with Doom, um, arguably um it's it's top three, at least for me personally. I think two Top two for Doom, I think you have to have Mad Villain in there because not only is it um, one of Doom's best projects, I think it's one of the best art projects of all time. So I think that is definitely um, not too spicy of a take. But, you know, Born Like This kind of reminds me of, like, you listen to The Doors' first album in 1967 and then you listen to, I don't know, I think it was, like, L.A. Women or something. It sounds like Doom and Jim Morrison have been drinking gasoline for the you know, for the four years in between and smoking <laughs> cigars. And I like how aged his voice is and his presence is on Born Like This. And you and I have spoken about um, That's That being just one of the greatest beats ever. And um, I don't know about it being Doom's first, but I, I think there's an argument for it being top three. Mm. Born Like This is Doom's best album, full stop it. That is not <laughs> an accurate statement. Uh, man. So, Born Like This, I think, is Doom's last good project where he was not 
you know, fully present, not mailing it in. Um, isn't that like Batty Boys is on that or something? Which I'm just like, no. Um, it's not better than Doomsday. Um, I wouldn't put it, unless we're saying that Mad Villainy isn't a Doom project, but I believe it is in, by any definition. Um, that's a nice take. Sounds pretty contrarian. There's joints on there, but absolutely not. Um, Operation Doomsday, as we've covered extensively, extensively on our program, is um, a better album than Born Like This. Um, you know, not to throw shade on that album, but yeah, I just, I can't. The dude cannot abide by said take. Shout out to Curly Castro. Uh, that that's a no from me. Um, there's a couple. There's a couple that are better. That, but I do really like that record, and I think it's weirdly disrespected, um, especially among casual Doom fans, like the non-Doom fanatics. Like I, I think people consider it to be Doom's first bad record when it's really his last good record. And, like, there's some beautiful moments on there. There's stuff I just love, but I do think there's some filler, and that, that would stop it from being Doom's best record for me. I'm, I'm an Operation Doomsday guy. Um, I'll even probably take Victor Vaughn. Um, I'm a big Victor Vaughn guy. Um, but, yeah, Mad Villain is a pretty obviously a better record than Born Like This. But Born Like This is a great, great record, and it's probably the beginning of doom's old man steez and i don't know that he's totally done we might get another great record someday and it'll be much more like born like this than it is like operation doomsday Zilla Rocco, I'm in South Philly. The world is on a weird phase right now, but nothing changes the fact that Red Man, Reggie Noble, Funk Doctor Spot, ruined Method Man. Johnny Blaze, the Italian Stallion. I said it. That's how I feel. Um, no, I don't. I can't agree with that because I think some 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 of that was Method Man. Like Red Man didn't make Method Man solo albums. Um, pieces of a uh, Trash water. That, 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 that's, that, that responsibility falls to the M-E-T-H-O-D man. So I could see where he's coming from in terms of pulling Method Man in a certain direction and making him focus on different things. But those solo albums still lay at the feet of um, one Clifford Smith. I would go the opposite direction. <laughs> I would say Method Man ruined Red Man. I've always enjoyed Red Man much more as an MC than I ever did Method Man. I thought Method Man was like good in groups, but as a solo MC, I thought he sucks. He's boring. He's like just too much of the same thing all the time. But Red Man, like Three his first two albums are pretty yeah. much undeniable classics. Some people have questioned, was it Muddy Waters? But you know, his, his guest verses are always killer. Yeah. But I think once he got with Meth, like, I don't know, like they got way too into smoking weed and doing comedies on UPN nine. Wow. Wow. I don't, you know, um, I don't know how, exactly how to react to that. I think the timing just a lot, just sort of aligned. And that's when meth started falling off. But I, you know, frankly, 
I'm revisiting some of Mets like like stuff around the time when I started started dismissing his stuff. And you know, I think he's still a great rapper. I think um his his projects just fucking sucked. And you know, Redman is one of those guys who will always be Redman, whether it's 1990 or 2030. So I don't know, having him as sort of a benchmark to compare um Method Man's um, downfall. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't agree with that. No, absolutely not. Um, I think Method Man has a has a a place in the culture right now that is like, you know, women know who Method Man is, and I wouldn't say the same about Red Man. Um, so I'm not sure if if Zill is saying that like lyrically he ruined them. Um, I think Method Man has of of the Wu Tang Cats. He's had one of the better career arcs, and I don't, I don't think Redman um, knocked him off that trajectory at all. I think um, their their team up is interesting to me in the sense that um, for a minute they were like the hip hop Cheech and Chong, like they really rode that for everything that was worth, and then uh, it's kind of seemed since that time I would say that Ness has kind of solidified himself in hip-hop culture but also kind of pop culture like he found a cool ass little niche whereas i think red man is is not quite on that level like he's still kind of milking his nostalgia fan base such an interesting thing to say um it's not how i think about things at all it's like very specific to zilla Raka's take on hip-hop and it's like i i don't see how that could be true but it's i'll i'll just kind of use it as a jumping off point to talk about this red man has three classic albums and method man has zero um so i don't really find the take to be something i can agree with but the the spirit of that as encapsulated by what i just said is like that i don't i don't think it's on red man that method man doesn't have any classic solo albums it's just like all the different circumstances the original version of Takal getting lost in the flood him like focusing on acting perhaps now or game show hosting and all the other stuff he does but um yeah it's it's very interesting i've always thought of method man as a personality rapper and that's not to say he doesn't have skills but the thing that people are drawn to with him is his personality and Redman is a, probably a better MC, so I don't see how being like in a group or in like a kind of like affinity circle with like this great MC um, makes you worse. But it's pretty clear that something happened there. The only thing I can say is like, did they just smoke too much weed? Like, is there a is there like a line from a lot of weed to too much weed? Perhaps. Electronica is overrated and the new album is mid. Um, I disagree with Jay Electronica being overrated. I don't think the album is mid, but I do think it's like a B minus. And I do think uh, Shrapnel is better. 
we're gonna have to fight. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jay Electronica is one of the five greatest MCs of all time. Wow. Yeah, he's he's just. I mean, I have like a, a playlist even before this record of like forty songs. Yeah. That are just amazing. They're like everything that I've always wanted in hip hop, where it's like kind of like street slang, some regional elements, some like real grittiness and crustiness, like lots of weird five percent conspiracy stuff. Yeah. Like it's just everything I've ever wanted. It's like something that you have to like somebody who's not a fan of hip hop or like deep in the culture can't listen to Jay Electronica and get it. It's like sort of the same thing with Supreme Clientele. Right. Um, you know, so yeah, I think that's an outlandish take to say. <laughs> That he's overrated. What, what are your thoughts on the new album? I love it. Um, I think it's, you know, I, it's too early to say if it's a classic or not. I don't know if I'll be listening to it in 10 years. Right. But, you know, come back to me in 10 years. I would say if I'm still listening to it, it's a classic. Right now, it's probably my favorite album outside of Shrapnel from this year. <laughs> he's overrated. Dude has the best 30-minute live show of anybody who has one album to sing. Right. He can do 30 flawless minutes of Smash songs, and I didn't think he ever should have dropped the album. Now, the album we're going to be talking about on our show probably soon, we're going to do a whole J-like thing. But we're going to his genius on Cloud Culture. You tune in, gang. Yes. We're going to spend an hour and a half, because I never even thought of him on that real level until like two years ago. Last was like, he's the best. This dude's the best. Yeah. I was like, what? And I was like, hmm, let me stew on this. And he also, I'll give you guys a hint, he invented the No Drum song. Oh, the uh, um, Eternal That's Sunshine him. joint? That's him. Yeah, very interesting. He started that way before Rock Morris. He was doing that. Yeah. So are are you listening to the new record? Like, is it is it resonating with you? I really like it. I, I, I like that. It's just, it's to me, it just sounds like it had been sitting around for a while, and then Jay-Z was like, why don't you just play that for me? And he heard it, and he got amped up. He's like, yo, give me a week. We'll finish this album. I think that that's what it sounds like. It doesn't sound like they sat there together and make this from scratch. That's just my guess. Right. That's super interesting. Yeah. You're probably just, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it's hard to rate or overrate someone. I think the album is mid because I mean, certainly how do you live up to 10 years of hype? I mean, even if Nas dropped Illmatic after waiting 10 years, Illmatic, people are going to say it's not as good. Um, I like how Jay Z is on the album. I think he wraps his ass off. Um, I do kind of see why some people would say it's mid, um, but I like the mellowness of the album and I think Jay still fucking has a lot of content that's, uh, pretty remarkable and his presence is fucking still great. Um, I think it's a great release. I don't agree with the back half, uh, but I actually do kind of agree with the first half. Um, Jay Electronica is perhaps overrated because he's especially before this project dropped he's impossible to rate how do you rate the -hmm. guy who has 30 songs but have never been collected in a way that you can actually listen to them it's like his whole career was like this choose your own adventure kind of vibe where it's like if if he only came out and dropped exhibit c and then he receded into the background to go study under farrakhan or whatever it would be such an interesting career. Like I have groups that I really like where I like one song and they're kind of like my personal Mm. classics, my private mind garden, like goats. They're not great rappers within the mainstream culture or even in the underground culture or the kind of converse conversational space we're working in. Right. But his Mm. songs were that good. He put himself in the conversation and then for 10 years teased us. So 
written testimony could probably never live up to that. I was in a mental space to accept it for what it was. I think it's a very good record. It's certainly not perfect. Um, it's got some really strong tracks on there. It's about a half-half Jay-Z, Jay Electronica record. It's not what I was expecting. Um, it's on the same vibe as kind of the mellow cinematic shit that I'm into listening to now. I think they both rap at an extremely high level. So is that mid? No, it's not mid. It's not It's not great either. Um, or perhaps we will be returning to it in 10 years, and I'll realize my initial impression was a little bit underwhelmed. But I think it's very, very good. I think Nasir is Nas's second best album. Controversial. You ain't got to finish. You ain't got to finish. Unless it better not be. Nothing positive should come after, after this pause in the sentence. If you say anything that resembles that like it was a credible project. or it, First of all, it doesn't even count. It's non-canon. <laughs> it's non-canon. This shit don't even fucking count. All it's right, a Kanye West Frankenstein experiment. You're gonna what did he this. say? Nasir is Nas's second best album. Moving along. <laughs> Moving along. Fuck out of here, yo. Ooh. Interesting. Um, I wouldn't agree with that necessarily. I would say it's it's sort of perfectly Nas's batting average where it's like a third good. Right. And the rest of it sucks, but I would say Life is Good is Nas's second best album. Everything between oh, Illmatic and that's Life a, is that's Good. A take right there. Is pretty like mid to shitty. Yeah, like it, it definitely lines up in there. And I mean, you you know you know all my takes on Nas. I think. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> At this point, I just want Nas to go away forever as a discussion topic no, and I artist and everything. <laughs> Come on, don't get the fuck out of my face with all this. Come on, man. Come on, man. Are you for real? Come on, man. I asked him for a spicy take, and he supplied it. You, you. He thinks that's better than it was written. He really thinks that. He's not a big "it was written" guy. Wow. Yeah. That's even life is good. Right. I'll take uh, life is good. I'll take stomatic. Yeah. I'll take stomatic over that. I mean, Nasir is like. It's, you're using these people in the wrong spots. He is not a seven-song guy. Now, granted, if you gave him 18 songs, seven will be good. Right. So the math the math lines up, but he needs 18 shots to hit seven. Right. That's not his, that's his ratio. Yes. He, he can't go seven. He can't. He's like he's like three for seven on that joint. Right. Three and a half for seven on that joint. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, Dave and I agree on almost everything, like down to like weird, like I like this part of this verse on this song. And I, him and I disagree very strongly on this. Wow. Like, yo, Adam and Eve is the hottest joint and he doesn't even kill that beat. He doesn't even kill it. Right. He's just like talking about like stock portfolio. I was like, what? And I like that. Trust me. I like, I like learning how to get rich, but I'm like, dog, that's that beat. Like Jay election had that beat. Right. That's a good point. Give Adam and Eve to him. Oh yeah. Him and Jay. Oh, Jay-Z, I mean, wow. Nazir, the weird Kanye West project that's like, isn't that thing only like seven songs or something? That's true, um, yes. Uh, is better than It Was Written, um, Stillmatic. 
you know, you could argue that a lot of the cats flaming, said life is good. Life is good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's really hard. I want to support Dave as like one of the seven people that like that record. Um, but I I gotta disagree, man. I thought their team up was it felt forced. It felt weird. The best Nas and Kanye moment is on um, isn't on late registration, right? E major. Um, when I first heard they were doing that album, I was like, oh, if they can capture that. Uh, but they, to me, they really didn't. But again, I respect the hell out of Dave. So I may, no, I'm not going to re-listen to that. Nope. I'm going to go <laughs> Illmatic. <laughs> I'm going to go Illmatic. I'm, I'm a big fan of Stillmatic. Um, or even It Was Written has seven songs that are equal to be- or better than what is on uh, Nazir. I love Dave. We've been arguing about this for what four years now. Is that are we in our third or fourth year? <laughs> um, I I can't agree with this in any way, shape, or form. I don't even think that's a good record. Um, it's funny that Dave thinks that, and Dave and I agree on so much. It's fun to find something that we fundamentally disagree on. Um, yeah, I I I don't think so. I I. I rem- the main thing I remember about Nasir is that Nas has anti-vax bars on it, um, which doesn't disqualify it from being a good album. Um, apparently, uh, Freddie Gibbs' last record with uh-huh. Mad Lib has some anti-vax bars, but I totally overlooked it because I like that record and I like Gibbs personally. Um, but that's the main thing I remember being so mad about in that summer of Kanye EPs masquerading as albums the w-h-y oming summer um Uh, but yeah i i never go back and listen to it i do remember adam and eve being a pretty good song uh maybe i'd throw that on a playlist but nah i can't i can't i can't do that that'd be a nasty nah all wasted our time listening to backpack rap the music that has stood up from that era is the mainstream music we were all so like harshly against i i will say you know first hindsight is 2020 and everybody has to go through their own space at their own time and meaning when we were when we were coming up you know people forget i mean there was a full-on all hands on deck campaign with Ghostbuster logo saying down with Sean Puff Diddy Combs. Yep. And then three years later, no, he makes no way out and everybody forgives the sins of the father. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. we could definitely look at it like that. Backpack rap. When you, when you injected it into your veins, when you were that type of fan, yes, you went far left in terms of like, I don't even like anything that's even played on the radio, but then you start coming back. To me, I very much akin it to when I was younger, there was no way physically I could like Michael Jordan. I was a Knicks fan, so mm. I couldn't do it. Just mm. biologically, I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. But I missed a lot of good basketball because this was a great man, a right. great player. And then later on, I started being able to appreciate it when it wasn't so intense, him versus Knicks. So I think if you if you came up like 
high on um, backpack rap, like it was some savior. You definitely were against mainstream, but you were dis you were disservicing yourself by cutting yourself off at the nose to spite your face because there was a lot of great music within all of that. And I think as we got older, we able to like like currently, I'm not even gonna you know vilify like mumble rap. I'm just it's not my frequency. Sure. But I could see the same way that somebody says Aesop Rock is not their frequency. You just don't want to listen to rhymes at that space within that beat structure about those topics. But there are kids that are younger. That's their shit. Like drill music. I don't know nothing about that, but I can't mm-hmm. knock all the Chicagoans about it. Right. You know what I'm saying? So just and it goes to anything. Just like if you get your consciousness, per se, in college, you start reading about Egypt and Africa and all these things start flooding your brain. Somebody else is 18, 19 going through the same thing. So just because you're 30 or something, they have to go through it too. So I think everything has its place in time. I don't think that we romanticize backpack rap. I think it was just a byproduct of us looking for something different. And then, when, shit, then backpack rap got stale. Shout out to, um, uh, what's his name? Pac FM or whatever the fuck his name is. Like, right. come on, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> definitely <laughs> copies of a copy so yeah i think we, i think we settled in a nice space and i i i like that um in the current day these young kids um there's something pointed one of my peers said uh actually wood said it they can reach out to woods lift Sh- uh, sean uh slug right and get a response right i could never reach out to oc right coming up you know what i'm saying i, I bumped into g-dep at a talent show. That's how I ran into it. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so, so, so the underground is thriving because the underground has way more reach than our underground. So um, I just wanted to put that out there. I agree with this 1,000%. Even as 1, a backpack, rack, backpack yeah, rack without practitioner? Question. Without question. I mean, I think that stuff got dated faster than almost any brand of music out, with a few exceptions, right? right. Like... I, mean, I think you could look to, you know, like the hieroglyphics crew, like what they did, they were amazing. Um, I think you could look at like Breezley Bruin as an MC and he's unparalleled as a storyteller and a rapper. I think company flow created its own dynamic, but like everything else to me is just like, who cares? Right. Like, and, and that's more and the I, point I think, is like, it's not, it's not like cringe or bad. It's like unmeaningful. Yeah. Yeah, it's completely like it's pointless. Whereas, you know, the other stuff, even like stuff that I hated back then, I just adore it. Like it's 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 permeated itself into like my being as a person. Like even like by, by probably like ninety nine two thousand, I was already on that kick. Like wow, I was know, so deep in like, it at that point. You could not have told me that I would like a Jay Z song more than I would like a Jay Tread song. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean, yeah. By by that time, like by ninety nine, Vast and I were hanging out and only listening to Blueprint, uh, not Blueprint, uh, to Volume 3. Right. Like that and Ghostface Supreme Clientele were like the only things we were listening to. But, you know, like all the stuff that I kind of ignored, like even if it was like, you know, when I got heavy into like the whatever the backpack scene is like probably like 95 to 98 or so. Yeah. Like, you know, I didn't listen to Mob Deep. I didn't listen to Raekwon. I didn't listen to like, you know, there's so much stuff that I just skipped because it wasn't, on an underground radio station. Right. That's so, that's like, exactly was, the point. That like Raekwon is better than any backpack rap thing you could put up. There's no question about it. Yeah, it's, without question. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. No, your take is 1,000% the accurate take, and anybody that disagrees with you is a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, but Def Jux destroys Rough Riders. That's a good point. And I don't even like Cash Money, but hmm. uh, I remember I remember I read a thing once years ago when like Dead Ringer came out with RJ, where they were like, and this is back in the middle of that, like you pick a side, right. and he was like. He had just made Dead Ringer and like June is like my favorite shit in the world ever still. Yes, and I love that. I walked around college like playing that headphones and freestyling on myself and yep. all my rap friends. We'd like, we'd all hang out and play that shit and rap. But he was like, back then he was like, no one has made a beat better than Try Again by Timbaland still. And I was like, you're right. Wow. Even back then I was like, you're right. Yeah. Try Try Again is the greatest. I feel like so, the artists didn't feel that pick a side thing so much as us, and I'm not putting you into this, I'm just saying us like me no, we, yeah. as like suburban yeah. fans did, like college kids did. Like it was very yeah. much in line with what I was reading and studying. I was an American studies major at UC Santa Cruz, like be like the radio. Shots of banana slugs. Yes, Shots of banana slugs. Um so we like, you know, our our college radio station was very staunchly anti-corporate like we never right. would have played a beyonce song like it was all about trying to keep it real which just seems a little silly now yeah i mean like you know one plays a michael myers record anymore right like that's out that's you know what i mean like point. even like yeah. even like encore i loved encore i remember like going to five different tower records to find that encore album totally i don't play that shit encore i play water world shouts to encore yeah i love encore <laughs> but like that yeah. shit was corny no, after a while so uh I think it depends like label and songs, but mostly, mostly there's a reason these dudes are major label cats because right. someone was like, I'm going to put $2 million into making this guy's record versus someone else being like, I need to take out credit card loans and borrow money to, to get 10 grand to press this shit up on my own. Right. Yeah. I mean, but shouts to Virgil Abloh was on his Apple show. He was playing a uh, Deltron and Jedi mind tricks. I know. Isn't it interesting that the, awesome. the good things are still out there and we can revisit yeah. at any time and that now they're kind of bubbling up in those interesting. And I hesitate to even use the term underground versus mainstream because the internet flattened all that pretty hard yeah. once it got yep. into people's lives in a major way. Right. That's true. Yeah. I think there's, a, I think there's some truth to that. I think it has, for me personally, and, and all these reactions are obviously just, just like a personal um, <clears throat> knee jerk, but I think that even even during that era when we were into backpack rap, it, I don't think I was dismissing a lot of um, the mainstream stuff. It just wasn't speaking to me. And like years years later, going back to it, I think a lot of that stuff is equally as good. And I think more to your point, about backpack rap kind of sucking. I mean, literally, I think 85% of it is in the garbage can now. You know, even if we go back and kind of find a rare track that's kind of tight by this one guy, I mean, the gods of the era, like the Prefuse, I mean, I don't want to hear another glitchy Prefuse song again. You know, a couple tracks off of Rock Narratives, maybe. Man, that's interesting. I'll, I'll take that and I'll go, I really felt that way for a while. Um, but I think that the current moment is bearing out that the backpack era, um, the sound and aesthetic sensibilities that came out of that are actually more durable than the music that came right after it, which we would put in the mainstream um, category. We look at like what Griselda is doing, even um, Rock Marciano, even Kanye's whole ascendance kind of has always bought heavily from the backpack sensibilities. I think if anything, 
at 43, I'm realizing some of the stuff that I listened to as a teenager um, has aged incredibly well as evidenced by the fact that my own son, who is 16, um, is starting to come around to some of the fashion sensibilities, artists who were influenced by that era. Um, I don't see a lot of folks, you know, going, uh, taking from the bling bling era or any of the kind of school that came out in the late nineties, two thousands. Um, so no, I, I think backpack, um, has aged well. It's original adherence maybe haven't aged so well. So love y'all, but some of y'all are kind of weird. All right. Those were our versions of hot takes and short bursts of opinion. Um, of course, we get kind of wordy with it. That's just our way. Thank you to Alaska, Curly Castro, Zilla Rocca, David Ma, Damone Carter for indulging me on this and playing along. Maybe we'll do this again sometime. There's going to be a second uh, companion piece part of this on Call Out Culture. Make sure you keep a close look out for that. Follow everybody on Twitter. And make sure you like, rate, subscribe, follow, review the show on all of the streaming services if you like what we do. Thank you to Pantheon Podcast Network for hosting us. Thank you to you for listening. And everybody, I hope you're staying safe. Um, it's still crazy times. We're still sheltered in place, trying to flatten the curve. Um, hope you're doing all right and making restful, productive use of your time. Dad Bod Rap on. Peace. We're your beer drinking babes. I'm Ashley. And I'm Nagy. And we're from Rock Candy Podcast. Every week we bring you a story from the world of music while drinking thematic beers. Did you ever wonder how much Charles Manson inspired the music you love today? Did you know that Joy Division and New Order are virtually the same band? Are you aware of how weird Kesha really is? Like how she had sex with a ghost? Do you also not understand what Post Malone is? Because we don't. Well, we got you covered. Behind the Music isn't around anymore, but we're here to pick up the slack. And be a little drunker. Yeah, so go ahead and look for Rock Candy Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you catch your pods. And with that, party on, kids. Party on.